0: Welcome to The Drop, the homeopathic natural healthcare podcast. Learn how you can apply one of the world's most used traditional systems of natural medicine in your life. The views expressed in this podcast are the hosts. They're not to be taken as medical advice. All listeners are urged to seek advice from a qualified healthcare professional for diagnosis and answers to their medical questions. Welcome to The Drop. This episode is about staying healthy in the cooler months. I'm David Horbinschild,
1: And I'm Celeste Salter.
0: We're both homeopaths with a keen interest in helping people stay healthy.
1: We certainly are.
0: Um, Celeste, how's the weather um, in your part of the world?
1: Well, David, I live up in the mountains and it's been very exciting up here. We've had wind, we've had rain, we've had sun. Four seasons in a day is pretty much what's going on at the moment. Temperature drops 10, 20 degrees in the space of a few hours, that kind of thing. What about where you are?
0: It's been a bit like that. Um, Definitely in autumn, it was ups and downs and and people were getting all sorts of sniffles and uh, colds and, and, and things like that. Um, more recently, it's it's been chilly down here. Um, I'm in Victoria, and, and this weekend when we're, we're recording this, we're expected to get some pretty um, nasty southerlies. And I know people around me haven't been feeling so good with the change in weather. And actually, the changing of weather, the ups and downs, is a bit of a trigger for people, isn't it?
1: It certainly is. It's very um, – it, it's one of those things that seems to really push our resilience – um, and if we're a little bit um, less than resilient, um, we can easily fall into sickness, I
0: think. I think so so too. The up and downs are hard to get uh, get used to, but I also know people who seem to love this time of year, which got me thinking about um, how different weather uh, people f- seem to be adapted to or they have um, weather where they they just feel healthier in or, you know, it doesn't affect them, whereas with other people, it really affects them, in fact, weakens them and makes them more susceptible mm,
1: no i I totally agree with that. I know some people who live in Queensland and they desperately don't want to ever cross the border because it gets too cold for them um, and then there's people like me that love living in the mountains and love the cold
0: oh, there you go, so we're all different, yeah. which is um which is uh, I guess a good segue into homeopathy where homeopathy we take that look of an individual don't we we have a very individualistic uh view of a person where we we i guess recognize that everybody is different and everybody has different susceptibilities
1: Mm. yeah they do and we have different bodies too i mean you probably know people david that are inherently cold like Mm. they feel cold on the inside quite a lot Um, And that's irrelevant to the external temperature that's going on around them. Or they may feel hot all of the time on the inside. Likewise, not really affected by the uh, external temperature. So that, for example, they might be feeling hot on the inside and it's cold on the outside or cold outdoors, but they don't feel um, cooler in themselves because of being in a colder environment.
0: Oh, absolutely. In homeopathy, I guess we call them the thermals, don't we? Where um, even though, you know, we're all meant to run, you know, between uh, I guess a certain um, temperature range, our perception of do we feel hot or do we feel chilly is different. And that could be due to lots of different things, but it's also very individual and very useful when developing a treatment plan in homeopathy. Yeah, it totally is. I think an interesting question, Celeste, that, people ask is why do we get ill during winter and I have a feeling it has something to do with susceptibility what do you think
1: I I think that it does David I think I think when we look at ourselves as a whole system we in ourselves know where our weak spots are if we're looking really thoroughly so for example um if I just use a, a small analogy, you might have um, a physical weakness, like not very well-developed muscles. And so if somebody says to you, well, let's do a 42-kilometer run, uh, i.e. a marathon, and you mm-hmm. haven't done anything to improve your yes. <laughs> uh, your well-being or your, your strength levels, mm-hmm. you, you're basically going to cause yourself a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And so – it's maybe not a brilliant analogy, but it's, it's that idea of that there's parts of us which are weaker and other parts of us which are stronger or more resilient. And so we might see it in the physical structures of the body, or we might also see it in, um, in our propensity to be weak in some environments. And I think winter or this time of year really brings out um, some of these weaknesses that we have. Um, and your weaknesses won't be the same as mine and certainly Mm. we see a lot of clients and they all have different pressure points or trigger points and we might call those like the susceptibility.
0: Yeah I think um, one thing that natural medicine has that being like a traditional medicine is that it looks at susceptibility at at different levels and some of these things might sound a bit old fashioned but they've definitely um, stood the test of time from a natural medicine perspective and That's about three levels of susceptibility. The first being our innate susceptibility, which could be things that we're born with or things that we've inherited. The developed susceptibility being the second, such as lifestyle, what we've been eating, any life events, uh, stresses, even relationships, occupation, past health challenges, or even like toxins and things like that from the environment can be something which increases our susceptibility over time and i think the last is seasonal susceptibility so the influence as we were talking earlier of the changing weather and just ex- increased exposure to pathogens uh, like circulating with other people indoors in the in the winter period we, we're just more ex- exposed to these communicable diseases
1: yeah that's that's true and uh i'd like to talk a little bit more about the seasonal or the transitional susceptibility that comes because there there is a a period of time where different pathogens have their moments of um uh expansion mm. and contraction think you know i'm thinking of um you know like we hear a lot about epidemics they kind of come they have a start a middle mm. and an end uh, they're not the, the epidemic is not constant. Even if you remember most recently a year ago about the Ebola outbreak. Even the term outbreak is is indicating something is mm. aris- arising, and we can become affected by it. Hopefully not in Australia with mm. Ebola, but that that kind of that kind of period that there's a beginning. Uh, an active phase and a
0: decreased mm. phase it, it is like that isn't it it's almost like that. um they have their own season isn't it it's sort of um they have their peaks and mm. troughs. and i guess like part of that is that um like you take a bowler it, it's it's in the tropics isn't it it needs certain um, or it prefers certain conditions to to thrive and I guess that's also with just the seasonal illnesses that we can be prone to. They also have conditions which kind of help them spread, but also conditions which can definitely stop them as well. Yeah, it's Hold them in their tracks. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking too about like now it's winter and, of course, um, colds and influenza are the um, the big um, communicable diseases that um, we are most Affected by or most likely to come in contact with mm. and and that that kind of crossover point about the 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 season of sickness, if you like, plus the fact that we do different things in winter, mm. so this is more of that situational susceptibility, like we're more indoors yeah. it's the weather the weather's colder there's more mm. um, inclemency in the weather, also we don't tend to go out into the sun mm. so much, and so we're not getting. Replenished with vitamin D um, through natural sources, and vitamin D is a, an extremely important part of our uh, mechanism for keeping us well and healthy.
0: Yes, just on the vitamin D thing, a recommendation from somebody else. There's a very good app for people for both um, Apple and Android phones, which can help people optimise their level of sunlight so they get enough vitamin D, and it's called D Minder. So it's definitely worth a download, and it'll actually uh, tell you when it's your optimal time to go out and get some some natural sunlight and uh, hopefully replenish some of those vitamin D stores. Oh, that's
1: a great idea. Can we put a link for that on our website?
0: Yes, let's do it. We'll put it in yeah. the, the show notes for this episode.
1: Oh, that'd be super. And
0: I think that what you said is really the seasonal susceptibility. Why? Why are we more susceptible during the cooler months? You know, so it is things like the oscillation in temperature between colder and, and warmer days. It is our habits change, like you said. So we're not physically active, or maybe we're not eating as well as we as we used to be. And I think another interesting one is another environmental one is that the dampness or you know and the lack of ventilation in in like houses and and even in workplaces can enable things like mold to grow and we breathe in those spores and that can cause problems for people in fact it could be the mold spores that are that are creating symptoms in people and they don't even recognize it because they're not even aware that mold is in their their environment
1: that's that's a really good point because it's i mean some people will be aware of it like for example if you're in your bathroom and you can see the black mold on the tiles or in the actual architecture of the bathroom, that's very bad mm. situation. By the time it's got to that, but uh, the mould spores aren't necessarily visible, and so a whole you're absolutely right. A whole lot of um, effects we can be experiencing in our environment that we can't see, and that we're just having very small, subtle changes to the way our biology is reacting. We're mm. maybe getting a little bit tired up. Um, A little bit fatigued, but not so much that we go, hold on a minute, there's a problem because we're so busy – doing all of the stuff of our regular life, mm. we just soldier on and push through these kinds of things. In fact, those ads on television for Codrill, you know, where they go, soldier on, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, you're not allowed to feel tired, you're yeah. not allowed to feel slightly fatigued. But these are all these initial indicators mm. that our body is trying our system is trying to tell us, mm. hey, there's a problem here, something's going on, I'm dealing with it a mm. little bit as much as I can, but I'm running out of resources. Yeah. And if our susceptibility for that kind of reaction is weak or
0: Mm.
1: we're weak in that area then the kind of i've got this image of like a avalanche Mm. if you like (laughs) you'll hear a few cracks and then there'll be a a kind of explosion of sickness come down upon us Mm. um, quite quickly because we won't be paying attention if we're not aware of all I've got this little bit of particular weakness in this area. I better do something to Mm. um, look after myself. And and I think that's really one of the benefits of uh, looking at ourselves more holistically is that when we we become more familiar with our susceptibilities,
0: Mm.
1: we can, if you like, risk risk analyse where we're going Mm. and how we're acting in life so that we can help ourselves not go down those paths.
0: Yeah, and I think there's probably some tips we can give around that too. So for that more, like if 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 you're someone that regularly gets sick or feels particularly susceptible, that's when a homeopathic healthcare, looking at a constitutional type maybe of help, you know, looking at a deeper acting medicine that's designed to work with that susceptibility and improve your general vitality and resistance using that holistic approach you talked about.
1: So David, um, I I really just want to unpack a couple of things that you um, said about that. And one of them really is about constitutional treatment. And from the homeopathic point of view, when we're doing a constitutional treatment, we're supporting the whole of our biological and emotional and mental system. So the whole of us, not just trying to give symptom relief, through the use of a remedy and this a constitutional treatment the remedy works to help strengthen these weak points in our susceptibility
0: yeah and i think this is you know something really special that homeopathy can offer is that we can we can look at health in different levels but i guess for us often the gold standard is going down to that that constitutional
1: level isn't it Mm, yeah the the deeper systems look at us as a being rather than us as a collection of um apparently disparate medical conditions
0: yeah or
1: situations and and trying to fire firefight each one I, i think that takes a lot of energy and um resources
0: it 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 does. It, uh, I think also there's a level of commitment that's required to this sort of approach too. By um, I, I guess people wanting to ex- explore this part of their health, because it's it's often a longer term approach, isn't it? It's about sustained health. It's not just about. quick fixes it's about taking also a longer term view
1: yeah yeah and actually i really like how you just said that um the sustained view because if you're repeatedly getting a cold all of the time like you get a cold and then you get better and a couple of weeks later you've got it again and and there's this kind of cycle of repeated repeated illness going on in your life eventually you get to some point where you go, hold on a minute, this isn't what living is all about. It's not a constant – it shouldn't be a constant battle of of sickness, 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 yeah. you know. There's people around me that are, are living and all I'm doing is fighting this illness off and then fighting the next one off. And I'm in this constant state of fatigue and constant state of, you know, not really being well surely there's something more and homeopathy would definitely say yes there is and we can help Mm. support you to get out of that um you call it cycle of sickness Mm. but it's but it's going to take time yeah because it doesn't happen overnight that you're in that cycle of sickness there's a
0: that's right a a
1: build-up and that's where we really start talking about uh the chronic state of illness
0: That's exactly right and I think it is the gold standard in homeopathy and it's one that I always advocate for people if they want to do it. Not everybody is familiar with that way of thinking in this day and age. (laughs) Like you you said before with the quadril example, you know, it's about you take your quadril and you soldier on. Um, This requires a little bit of a a different relationship with our health and it's something that has been in the homeopathic tradition for for a very long time and not just in homeopathy natural medicine has this sort of view of constitution and there are different approaches to to constitution and all all traditional medicines but it's there for a reason and it's there because it has the depth and it is about like you said that sustained health you know getting to the to the 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 cause um the root cause from at least from a natural medicine perspective
1: and also it highlights the as you have you as you said earlier too that we're all individual um, so my constitution is not your constitution necessarily and so why would i expect that my treatment would be the same as your treatment when we've both got an apparent bout of the flu yes
0: yes and i think this is where it's with this sort of constitutional approach it's harder to do it yourself like i know a lot of people like home remedies and doing things yourself but this is where a trained healthcare, natural healthcare professional or going to a homeopath will be able to tease those individual aspects out and see what's the what is the broader pattern in there see what your individual triggers are and and and, and really work with you to i guess mitigate the influence of that and release those resources in your body that will raise your vitality and make you less susceptible. And, and that, that's the basic approach.
1: I, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. And I really support that thought too, is that I, if I've got a, a chronic disease state that has been going on for a long time, the chances are I'm blind mm. to some of why that is so particularly the mental states or the emotional states. I might get angry every time I get the flu or every time I get a cold. Um, but, um, But I might also get melancholy. And I may not pay much attention to that because I've got symptoms, physical symptoms as well. I've got runny nose. I've got fever. I've got lethargy. I've got loss of appetite, you know, Mm. All the standard stuff that people get when they've got a cold, um but then maybe I've got sadness, but I'm just so overwhelmed with the physical side. I don't pay any attention to the to the sadness element maybe that's present it might not be present for everybody, but for some people it might be mm. anger might be present for some people because now they can't go skiing um <laughs> you know they can't can't mm. go and do what they were going to do. there might be um happiness might even come up as like thank god i don't have to go to that blasted yeah. meeting you know i've got a, yeah. a free pass woohoo i'm sick <laughs> you know mm. so the, the it's not just the bad emotions the happy emotions could be there as well and um but we might be not so much focused on that or not able to see that as clearly what that is all about whereas a professional homeopath mm. is trained into looking and seeing what the whole picture is that's going on for us.
0: We kind of focus on the most intense um, part about, you know, it, it, like when we get a cold or a flu or any of those um, ailments that we get during the colder months, it's the most intense symptom, a bothersome symptom we focus on. Mm-hmm. But it is a, like being holistic, we take a holistic view. We look at mind and, and body and that these things aren't isolated, that they're together.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I was just thinking. You know, do you remember when you've got a really sore throat? How you woke up in the morning? No, all you remember is that all you're focusing on is I can't swallow. Mm. The pain in my throat, it's horrible. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's like pain in the body just kind of draws all of our attention in. Mm. But a homeopath's role is to tease out and explore the bigger picture beyond the the first stage of pain and and build up that deeper picture so that um the constitutional remedy can be given to help support you and make you stronger
0: the sore throat thing i actually would mind teasing that a little bit more because one of those examples where we can show how people have quite an individual experience of like a sore throat like you know uh, just say you're in a room with 10 people and they've all all got uh, sore throats but and they'll say yeah i got i got the same sore throat but they in reality they don't and um I think um, recently I was speaking to a naturopath who's actually doing some studies in homeopathy, and one thing that she was surprised about her, I guess, traditional naturopathic view of looking at, say, you know, like a, a cold or a flu versus a homeopathic is the level of detail or the level of difference we look for. Like the sore throat, like you said, we would but we would look at it and say, well, is it more on the left side or the right side? Or did it start on the left side or the right side? yeah or was it the pain qualitatively how does how do you experience it
1: yeah and which part of the throat is it in the upper mouth or is it way Mm. down below the mouth where you can't actually move your tongue to touch it um i really like that thing where did it start um like is the pain moving Mm. is it the same on both sides even like maybe it's prickly on the left and it's um just stinging on the right or Um, raw, like, scraping. Mm. Have you ever had that kind of sore throat where you can't swallow? Oh, yes. Yeah, and that leads to the next one. Oh, I can't swallow, but if you give me a warm drink, I can sip it. Um, You give me a cold drink, I vomit. Mm. Um, You know, I used to get sore throats, David, and the classic was that when they got so bad, Mm. I would drink a mouthful of scotch and vomit, (laughs) and and the sore throat would immediately restore it so like you know be, be fixed but that was like the end of the end of the end of mm. days of sore throat and nothing you know <laughs> nothing works salt water gargles didn't work garlic wasn't working hot drinks didn't work cold drinks didn't. you name it it was yeah pretty mm. bad
0: and it, even and, though we're laughing and it, it sounds amusing but it's it's a um, it's so actually important in the in um in a, a holistic methodology, isn't it? In a, in a holistic approach to health, to to look at all these um, different factors, and um, like even with the pain you're talking about, like is it like a like it could feel like razor blades, or is it feel like needles, or is it just like a dull pain, or it, it could be any of those things, or it, it, even other types of things, or the the tongue. How has the tongue changed? Is it is it sort of become mapped or is it coated with a, you know with um like say a white coating, or um. What does it- Does it look like strawberries? Strawberries, (laughs) yes. Or just the tip. The tip might look, but the rest doesn't. Uh, uh, And all these, you know, these help a homeopath um, zoom in on a remedy or at least a set of remedies that um, should be helpful in that scenario. Totally, totally. I think the other type of susceptibility I wouldn't mind talking about, so we talked about the constitutional one, which is, as you define it, it's sort of, you know, it's... It's your innate, or how you always like how you're born into the world. What what your what, where your weaknesses and strengths are, and um, those things can be triggered off during uh, you know changes of, of of weather or more stressful times. But another type of susceptibility is particularly um, it's, it's interesting. Like if you've already had a strong constitution, but maybe over time through life events or other external stresses or toxins and other challenges, that sort of stuff that there's an increased susceptibility. It's sort of like it's something that's developed over time. Um, and, and in some some schools of thought they call it like a, a toxic burden. There's this increased burden that's come through lifestyle, and this has predisposed you to illness. And, and then that's where different approaches might be looked at, ways of unburdening the system. Or looking at a particular point in time where there was a change in health or a significant change in health and working out what was the cause, what happened at that point in time that may have affected your health now.
1: That's so good, David, that whole concept of that timeline of our experience and that there being some major moments where something significant has happened and from that point on things have changed for us there's some um big life moments like that, and I think for women um having children is is even though it's a good mm. uh, a good event it's still a moment of significant um pressure and change on the body and change mm. from that point onwards um it's like you don't expect that you go back to everything how it was before you you gave birth. And um, but it's uh, for all of us. There are there are moments in time, and and I'm reminded particularly um, about one client who remembered had been trying for years and years and years. This is in light of that toxic burden you were just talking about. Had been doing was a natural health practitioner herself, and had been doing countless numbers of treatments over the years to help this deeper underlying health state Mm. and when we talked she went right back to the age of 10 with her and her sister in a dental surgery and this is way back in the early 60s and um, they'd given them a fluoride treatment because at that time fluoride uh, wasn't necessarily in water Mm. in uh, town water supplies or whatever and they'd given a very intense uh, dose of fluoride uh, like tablets not on the teeth but internal ingestion dose of fluoride and she said from that moment on when she went back and reflected on it from that moment on she knew her sister and her were different in their way they behaved in their characteristics and and she said something happened then because of this moment in time
0: Mm.
1: and um so then we were able to focus our treatment on on looking at that toxic load even though it had happened 50 years ago um so there's this kind of um relevance or relevance to um Explore, exploring major moments where something has happened. Accidents can be another place where these things happen. Mm. Um, but it can also be because of a treatment um, or well-intentioned or the best treatment at the time that was given. So it's not, not a judgment that the treatments were necessarily um, – Right or wrong, at the time, but we always, at any given time, do what we think is the best thing. So,
0: it's mm. sometimes it's sort of like it's really clear cut, isn't it? It's sort of one yeah. one significant event or exposure um, or um, you know or trauma, and then from that point on, mm. um, health had never been fully reclaimed. Or it could be one mm-hmm. particularly nasty illness and not fully recuperating from. And at other times, it's also it's more the sustained um, or long term impact of a stressor in the environment. Or another one, which I think is sort of a very modern type of developed susceptibility, is really not living in sync anymore with our environment. Like you know, you, how many you know how many people are having problems sleeping because at night time they've got their phones in their beds with them and they're they're exposed to that you know that harsh blue light mucking with the circadian rhythms and, and, and things like that, or, or as you said, with the Codrol ad, which is quite <laughs> interesting, isn't it, about, you know, it, 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 kind of, it kind of says, like, you can't get sick um, and you, you can't have any time to repair. You have to be always in high gear um, and you have to be, you know, constantly working and, and, and that sort of stuff. And I think actually another topic we, we could do in a future um, episode is actually around convalescence. You know, there was this lost art, I think, of convalescence, where people, when they got sick, they took the proper amount of time to recover um, properly, and then and and then you know get back to their lives. But we don't tend to do that anymore.
1: We don't, and we don't even have convalescence hospitals anymore. <laughs> <So> no, <laughs> there used to be a whole
0: a no. whole system
1: of 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 this kind of support in our society, yeah. and it's not and it's not there. And it was there for a reason, and one of those reasons is that the body
0: needed time to recuperate yeah it's it's quite this is the natural health perspective isn't it it's actually looking at what we need naturally how we how you know the natural cycle living in natural cycles and also um, allowing our body to fulfill its natural cycles and um, when we work against that that's when problems occur and I guess this you know, it sort of develops susceptibility. Like we have our ways to, to also help naturally create some relief from those and hopefully reclaim some health.
1: Mm, yeah, it's true. And uh, I think it's fair to say that in homeopathic practice, we've talked a bit about the constitutional prescribing, but there is acute prescribing. And by that I mean that, you know, if there is a really strong symptom that is completely overbearing and overpowering, Remedies can be used to help
0: um, alleviate the pain
1: and suffering that um, we're experiencing at that time. So, for example, we talked a lot about a sore throat. Mm. There are remedies that can be given to help with those um, razor blade pains, Mm. pains on the left, feeling of choking in the throat, um, not being able to swallow um, or feeling better from eating food, for example, even though the throat is so bad
0: Mm.
1: and you can't drink, but you can eat food and that. Provides relief, so there are remedies for all these kinds of um, relief situations. But um, even homeopathically, repeating the remedy over and over and over again is indicating that there's a deeper problem, and the the symptoms would be better better served by um, looking more deeply into the into the constitutional state.
0: Yeah, that's just a good tip for people who use home um, first aid, homeopathic first aid kit. So if they're finding that there's a, uh, a certain medicine that they're just um, having to keep um, restocking, it might be an indicator that uh, something deeper is needed. And that's when you would go to um, a homeopathic healthcare professional because it, you know that's that's where that 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 training comes in. It is about going deeper and looking more holistically at your health, rather than just sort of putting the band aid there. You know, the symptomatic relief. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that's a good yeah. way to differentiate, it, isn't it? There's symptomatic relief, but there's this sort of deeper um, healing that can occur as well. That's exactly right. But. Yeah. Uh, that might maybe sound a little bit um, negative against home homeopathic kits, but actually I think that that 's a really good strategy for for many people if they have a homeopathic first aid kit and they 're trained in in using it it 's often a good first go to for you know basic situations and can provide relief naturally and just support the body through you know these seasonal um, illnesses that we get and other things as well. But there's always um, a role, you know, or there's always a situation where we, ha- we either have to get uh, natural health care support by a professional or it actually might even be a situation where it- conventional health care is needed as well.
1: Exactly. And, and it's all making those judgments and getting more connected to what your entire system needs
0: and yes. how it
1: responds and getting more reconnected to yourself <laughs> as opposed to i've got a cold i've got a broken leg i've got a headache you know a series of mm. incidents instances which are not really kind of connected
0: yeah. yeah um just on the first aid kit um i've got an infographic i could mm. add to the show notes which lists uh, at least some of the top First aid or homeopathic first aid remedies. I recommend in a a winter well kit. If um that that interests people, they can they can find that in the show that's notes. That's a great
1: idea, David. Thank you.
0: That might be it for for this episode. What do you think?
1: I think so, and I really like your idea of um focusing on convalescence. Yeah. Um, that's a really good idea for another topic. And another topic which came into my mind was focusing on uh, stress and adrenal function.
0: Ooh that is a great one
1: because they're both got like two two ends of the the spectrum (laughs) around our susceptibility so
0: uh, oh my goodness and stress just generally is such a such a big deal and it also shows how our modern lifestyle is so almost at odds with our biology or maybe we haven't evolved um, yet uh, biologically to match the type of lifestyle that we have today, but I would love to do that episode. So maybe we could play that for, for one of the following ones. Yeah, well, I think that'd be great. Well, I think that ends this episode. Um, and I'd like to thank the listeners for being part of our discussion Yeah. Um, staying healthy through the cooler months.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. Thank you for being with us.
0: We should mention that some of those resources and links and apps and, and infographics that we talked about, we will put on the drop website and that is at the dropcast.com and we've also got a facebook page and you'll find that also on that website too. a link to that facebook group and you can continue the conversation there That's great and we should probably add that if you found this interesting or useful or you know of other people who might be interested in homeopathic natural health care please feel free to feel free sorry to share this link with them and you can also subscribe at the website for updates
1: That's really good. And tell all your friends to join us on Facebook.
0: Excellent. Well, um, thanks for being part of our podcast today. And thank you, Celeste.
1: Thank you, David. This has been great. Looking forward to our next discussion.
0: Absolutely. See you then. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Interested in using homeopathic healthcare in your life? David and Celeste are available for in-person consultations in Australia and through Skype. David runs a practice in Melbourne, Victoria, and Celeste in the Blue Mountains, New South Wales. You can find out more about David at www.holisticnotion.com and Celeste at www.celestehomeopath.com.au.